Yeah. I like the guy who just, oh, I didn't even tell you. I've been triggered lately. I think it's like the wedding, the remodel. Like I got new customers and I just been more grouchy than usual. So we're going to see and pick up a wash and dryer. It's all teed up. One of our friends did the research. I'm just coming in, putting my credit card down. I walk in and it says, we will match any price. All right, great. Got the price. (laughs) So I go in and I say, hey, you know, we really just want to get a washer, but we'll get both. Is there a bundled deal? He's like, no. (laughs) I'm like, what is the price like this? I'm like, my friend just bought it. Price went up. I'm like, you said there's a lower price. I just did a Google search. Will you honor it? It was only 95 cents cheaper, but it was still cheaper. (laughs) He's like, we won't honor it for this product. I lost it. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Jen was uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable ride home for both of us because I was a little grouchy. All because I wanted to save 99 cents because they didn't (laughs) honor the lowest price. It comes down to principles. I find myself like, no, it's about the principle. It's not about the money. It's about you saying what you are advertising to do. If you don't do that, I am ticked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't blame and, you. Like, I feel like the appliance store, it's like a car dealership. I was just asking for a little help. I'm gonna pay for a thousand dollar washer and a thousand dollar dryer. You're not gonna give me like a hundred dollars off or say like delivery is way for seventy-five dollars. That's all I wanted. Some gift. You didn't take the you didn't use the I'm taking my business elsewhere. That is the line I'd always wanted to use. I am taking my business elsewhere. You'll never see me in like your you taking your business elsewhere is going to impact the bottom line at Lowe's. Like they are going to go under if you do not buy that dishwasher. But it, I've always wanted to use that because to your point, it's, it is principle. Like treat me like this is a decent sum of money, right? And you're I'm coming in here fully prepared. You didn't have to do anything other than take my order. Exactly. And before we take this podcast elsewhere, we're going to talk a little spring training today. But before we get into our little bit or banter, I got something for you, Big Ben. Andrew Sarkeesian, Steve Sarkeesian's brother, is on my sales team. So naturally, you gravitate to a couple people. I find myself hanging out with him at happy hour. How long do I wait to ask for two tickets? to Texas Bama in Tuscaloosa next September so me and you can go see Arch? I I guess that's a good question. You know, and and it's, it comes down to good deeds you do for such individual, right? Like, hey, let me give you a few tips and pointers. You almost want to compel him to feel like he needs to give you some tickets. Maybe you see it in the fact that you'll be in that area during the game. Like, oh, I'm just so happy to be on a road trip. Maybe it dings to him, but you probably got to ask also if he gets to go to games, because if he doesn't get to go to games, then why pursue it? Oh, already qualified that. He says during football team, Thursday through Sunday, he's in Austin. (laughs) He's got the corporate rate. He gets that. He's already talking about taking customers to the Red Red River rivalry game. We're dialed in, Big Ben. I'm not asking Steve to come on the pod. I'm asking Steve for some like sideline tickets for your 40th. Here, here's what I do then. I, I get off this podcast right now, call him and start asking him every day until the game, whatever game you want. And then you show, just start walking around like the office like this. 
Okay, you're, 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 we know you're a decent bandwagon guy. You can get on the whole oh, yeah. bandwagon. Why do I have this pods hat on? Because I'm a bandwagon <laughs> fan. Welcome right. to Big Ben and K Win on NoFilter.net. It is a Major League Baseball edition of Big Ben and K Win. We're talking spring training, we're talking new MLB rules, we're talking hot dogs, and probably how the Houston Astros will treat again. That's right. I've got a new theory. If I didn't watch it or see it, it didn't happen. I did not watch the last game of the World Series. I did not watch the Astros parade. So I don't think they won. I'm not giving them that title because once a cheater, always a cheater. I'm K-Win. He's Big Ben. We're on No Filter Net. You also can get your podcast, our podcast, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, iHeart, and more. Let's get it. Here's how you're going to know that the, the Astros won the World Series is when Mattress Mac or whatever builds a mattress store right up the block from you. That's that's the one way you're going to know. Baseball has evolved, K-Win. Oh, yeah. You, you, you stated the two curmudgeons. I don't know if I'm all too happy about it, to be honest. I, I read where some guy got struck out in 20 seconds. Oh, yeah. Eight seconds. I don't... I mean, guys are going to ditch their batting gloves because they can't, don't have time to adjust them, nor some guys go up there like RoboCop and they got to risk guard everything. I don't, and then they played an inning without umpires. What do average, they do? Average game length is two is hours. Is AI, ML taking over umpiring? Yes, yes. And you've wondered, my buddy texted me. He goes, hey, did you see this? I go, now I know why I haven't ever seen a young ump in the MLBs. They all look like they're 60 on their way out. They'll probably say, hey, no problem. Robots take over while we're retired. Take our pension. Uh, I saw where games are being completed in an average of two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. That is insane to me. I usually don't get to my seats till midway through the second. Right? And if I want to go get a hot dog, God forbid, I'm not back until the middle of the fourth. Then if I got to use a restroom, it's the seventh inning stretch. And when I sit down, we're leaving. I have seen nothing. I'd love your thoughts on this because two hour and 20 minute games seems way too quick for me. And I once, here's the other thing I thought about. Have you ever tried to keep score at a game? You know, the old school. It's great. I always lose like track of time or I get up to get some nachos and spill it all. I think I made it through like the sixth inning one time. It was could you imagine those guys? Like that is the game is going to go so quickly. And here's my thing: me as a season partial season ticket holder who's about to draft his games, I am I getting my money's worth, right? Ooh. Time value, right? Would I rather be three three hour game, you know? But there are those game starts at six forty or seven here. Get home to the kids or whatever you need to do. I don't know where I don't know where the solution lies. Is, is where I'm sitting right now. We're going to get into the rules in a little bit, but my early thoughts, they didn't think of people in Los Angeles when they made these new rules. Right now, with traffic, like we get to the games in the third inning and we leave in the seventh. With the new rules, with traffic, we're going to get to the game in the sixth inning, watch two or three pitches and have to leave. These games are going to fly by. The other thing is they're not looking out for the beer drinker. I believe you can't serve alcohol after the seventh, which in a four-hour, five-hour game is plenty of time to drink. But when a game is two hours, you're going to have to get it in early. 
if you're AMFEV or one of these beer beer distributors that probably contract or at least hold a contract with the MLB to serve in stadiums, yeah, I, I'd short their stock a little bit. To be honest, that's the truth. And then to your point about you know people getting two games comfortable, people want to sit there for your few innings, at least take in the game. I feel like you're going to be our country's in this like. And baseball reflects this incessant hurriness. You're always hurrying around. You're never present anywhere. Like, if I'm at a two two hour and twenty minute game, I might be present, but I'm going to be hungry, have to take a pee, and thirsty. Right? Like, that's just a matter of the fact. Because either I'm going to be somewhere else and miss the game altogether, or I'm going to be there and just not very happy with the product. Maybe because someone said it best. These new rules are not for baseball purists. I consider myself a baseball purist. I love to watch a four or five hour game. Every time I go, I want extra innings. Like yes. I want to extend the value of my ticket. It's for the average fan who only wants an hour and a half or two hour baseball experience, but that's not baseball. It's the no. grind of the season. It's the grind of the bat. We go to the bathroom, it's gonna be the fifth inning when we come back because the lines are so long. So one other stat for you, I saw that last year, there are 14 teams that collectively, as a team, batted under 240. What? So what you see, so take that as a collective whole. Say that's that's the median almost. How many? 32 teams? So say half the team. So collectively, you're going to see one hit every four at-bats, right? So take that out over the game. You might only see 10 hits, maybe, over the course of a game. And probably more than a third of those might be home runs. So it's it's basically you're going to watch home runs and not much else. That's my opinion. Well, that's why they changed the shift rule. Yeah. So okay. well, we'll get into the rules right now. Let's start off with the most popular one, the pitch clock. For those out there asking what a pitch clock is, it's similar to a shot clock. You have 30 seconds in between batters. And then when the pitcher gets the ball from either the catcher or the umpire, if there's no runners on base, the pitcher, the pitcher has 15 seconds to deliver the ball. If there's runners on base, the pitcher has 20 seconds to, to deliver the ball. The batter now has to get into the batter's box with at least eight seconds left. So 30 seconds in between, 15 seconds to start your windup, eight seconds the batter has to get in there. And if the batter doesn't, it's a violation and an automatic strike. That's a lot. That is. That is. It, and I think what that takes away is the natural flow of the game. Like, it, it, it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe the adherence to the, the time, but we'll, won't be that bad, or I guess won't be that, um, won't be as hard for the batters and pitchers to adhere to the time, right? Maybe it's just natural, and then they've determined that's a good amount of time. That said, when you get in situations where it's strategic, where it's, you know, you're a third base coach and you're walking down like, okay, here's where we want to put the ball and the bunt, you know, there's a lot of things within the game that aren't going to be able to take place due to that time, time limit. And again, that's somewhat disappointing, in my opinion. The other thing around this is pitchers, there's no longer signs, right? Yeah, so it takes up too much this, time. Yeah, they have this pitch calm in their ear. And it was said in a, a game that frequency too, was too high so that the catcher or the pitching coach or whoever the one calling pitches is relaying that to the catcher. Well, everyone, all the batters could hear the catcher's signs that he was going to relay to the 
And so again, that takes away another part of the game where it's the strategic part. The you know, you got the catcher with the little tape on their thing and you know, stealing the signs. I don't know. I'm I got a lot of opinions on this, obviously. But to what you were speaking to in the time, maybe it's something I worry about that shouldn't be worried about that will just play out the game and everything will be okay. Right? Yeah, I want to see some live action. I want to see the game before I pass my judge in. But right now, like my mind is spinning on like what's this going to look like or how this is going to evolve. I was listening to Buster only baseball tonight, his podcast. He was saying like managers are trying to get creative. Like, because if you only have 30 seconds in between batters, you know, usually the manager calls out like a first and third situation, the bunt situation, what you're going to do, that eats up time. So I, I was thinking about it. Are they going to hold up the Chip Kelly signs from Oregon, the offensive plays? <laughs> <laughs> that No, you're right. That could be the case. That could absolutely be the case. I, I think in baseball, the, the evolution of baseball has been you know, they've tried to to debunk kind of the steroid era, right? They, they made hard and fast rules around many performance-enhancing drugs. And then all of a sudden they found out that, whoa, people really liked watching the performance, you know, in, or the steroid era just due to the amount of home runs, you know? So what are we going to – and then you need to make the game faster or, you know, I guess shorter in this terms. So it's going to be – yeah, guys are going to get up, those that can, the value of – getting a few guys on base and it's ripping you know i don't think so you brought up the signs i don't think we're going to see a lot of signs because i don't think we're going to see a lot of those situations yeah they're gonna have to speed up the technology i guess weird weird i'm interested to see like the players who will push the envelope and try to bend the rules like your houston astros like there's got to be something going on behind the scenes to figure out how to beat the system but I was thinking about it because I play baseball, you play baseball. If I get into the box with, let's say, 12 seconds because I don't want a violation and I'm the pitcher now and you're in the box, like you can only call a timeout once. Yeah. So if you used your timeout and I'm a pitcher, I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to let you freeze and think yeah. about all the things in your head. Well, well, you're exactly right. Go watch the batter's box, right? Or whenever there's a pitcher on the mound, they're getting their timing down. You know, they, they want to see how the pitcher comes to, you know, rest here during the windup and then go to the pitcher. They want that timing. And to your point, right? If I can't back out, I'm I'm sitting there dead, dead red. That's what a pitcher wants. You to lose your momentum, to you to lose your routine. Whatever rituals you may have around getting in the plate, you know, have to be probably changed drastically. You're not going to be able to, you know, draw the, the, the cross in the back and, you know, point to the crowd and no. give daps to whoever, right? You're, you got to get in and get ready and get going, right? And then the pitcher has the advantage. And also the catcher. I used to get into the box when the catcher is set, right? And then you can see where he's lining up before you yeah. get in because you don't want to look back because that's against baseball ethics. But if you're a catcher, what if you're just standing? Yeah, And then, like, you're like, I'm so uncomfortable. I got to get in. Like, it's just you're going to see some people do some weird things to take these hitters out of their comfort zone. So I'm interested in that. I think we're going to see, I believe, baseball has evolved too quickly. Yeah, That this is the year, to your point about, you know, it's about money. 
So, you know, if there's the beer sales aren't as high, you know, people aren't coming to the turnstile because they can't actually watch the game. If, you know, all these things impact the bottom line of, of the revenue, all of a sudden you can't play the, the players as much, you know, owners are getting a return on their investment and it's ultimately about the fan. Right. And, you know, the baseball purists, I believe are the ones that are, you know, the foundation, if you would, of baseball. They're not going to yeah. leave just because they enjoy the game, right? Well, but the majority those, of the people who go to games aren't purists, and that's where the exactly. revenue is coming from. Yeah, and so if you upset that, and they're not getting the determined value out of it, well, then, you know, they'll, they'll walk out the turnstile. They're single ticket, right? They go buy the single ticket or a couple tickets. So we'll see where the game goes. I'm still going to go this year. Yeah, I'm regardless. You know how we always talk talk about if if baseball was real life. You know, when we were in New York, we're like, "Hey, we need a walk up song to come into the office." <laughs> yeah. I yes. got another one. If baseball is real life, I want to institute the pitch clock on a few select friends. Okay, you know who they are—the long-winded friends. They tell the long stories. By the time they get to the punchline, you forgot the punchline. You forgot the story. They switch to a different story. No, if you're talking. Talking to me, you have 15 seconds to deliver your joke. Friends around, I'll give you 20 seconds. Yeah. No, I I have a buddy that calls me and I once looked at the clock <laughs> or, or the time of the call because I had said hello, how you doing? And it was 12 minutes before he stopped talking. And to me, you're right. We should institute a pitch clock in that. Okay, it's been 15 seconds. Wrap it up. Like either yeah. what's what's the point of this? Just, just speed get to up the, point. the baseball game. I want to speed up this conversation. Get to your point. <laughs> I'm in a hurry to get outside and get out of this conversation. Yeah, I know who your buddy is, and I think he listens to the podcast. I think he's been on this podcast, and when he's on, we've had a four-hour podcast because he can't get to his point. That's fine. He's he's playing with the rosin bag behind the mound and scraping his cleats the entire time. The second rule. The players shift. We were talking a little bit about this in the green room. So gone are the days where you can move the infielders around, put them in the outfield, put four guys on the right side of the infield because David Ortiz is up and he pulls it every time. Now you got four infielders. You've got to keep two infielders on each side of second base. So the shortstop has to stay to the left. Third base has to stay to the left. Second base to the right. First base to the right. The idea behind this is it's going to open up the game. There'll be more hits. It won't be a home run or nothing type of situation. There'll be players who will get more singles and doubles and et cetera. The Red Sox already found a way to expose a loophole. I just saw this before we got on the podcast. So Joey Gallo was up. So short second. First, third, they're still in the infield. So what did they do? They moved their center fielder to short right field. I call it the David Ortiz shift. Remember, they used to put that guy there. They moved the center yeah. fielder there. They kept the right fielder, and they moved the left fielder to center field. That was their experiment. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not going to work. But I dug into the with the green monster. That might actually work. Because even if you yeah. can hit it the other way, it's only a single because of the green monsters right there. Yeah, that's true. Oh, uh, so what? Boston leaps to the top of the ALE standings next year and wins <laughs> due to a. I mean, that if that happens, that I would laugh. 
I would actually laugh and say, well, when for you, you know, we instituted all these rules. These guys found a loophole that, you know, these, these rules aren't instated probably for the year. They're not going to flip them. Right. Yeah. And so it would be funny in my opinion, to see Boston win home field advantage throughout the playoffs and ultimately win the World Series solely because they have the, the Green Monster. Like that's, I'm that's curious ten, though, as to why player. they brought that in spring training. They should have saved that for like a game against Bryce Harper or like Freddie Freeman. Like, whoa, whoa, what, what is this, right? Talking about throwing a hitter's timing off. Well, why wouldn't you do it against all left-handed bats? I don't... Well, I don't who, who name a give me an left? I this is just my observations. I'm thinking of all the Mariners players. Everyone, every left handed bat was shifted against last year. I can't think of one that was they played straight up. Well, think of my scrappy A's, they got guys from triple A, double A, and journeyman, they can hit the ball the other way. But I'm, I'm not, right. I'm, most hitters today are pull happy, home run happy, yep. and they're willing to go for the home run and risk a strikeout rather than hit it the other way and get a single. The more you say this, like the more I hope they hand out a program with all the updated rules on, on day one, opening day. Here's what you're going to see on the field today. Just like, call me up. Head scratcher. Uh, are we good with rules? Last rule. Like it's a quick one. They increase the sizes of the bases from 15 inches to 18 inches. So now it's a shorter distance between first and second, second and third because of the bigger bases. They did it for players' safety. Right. But with the bigger bases and the pitch clock, what I didn't mention is pitchers only have two disengagements. I hate that word, disengagements. It should be two options to either throw over or to step off the rubber. So they're saying there might be more stolen bases as a result. Well, I could see that. So uh, you said 18 inches. There's no one. There's no one with the size of. Generally, what you see is honestly. I'm going to bring up two two things. You don't generally see a player with 18 inch feet, right, where they can cover the subsequent entirety of the bag, which is what they try to do to block the player from sliding in, so you can tag them. So that's one thing. The other part of this is I want to know how many hits missed going over the bag by that three inches last year Ooh. resulting in, you know, that could have resulted in extra bags, but did not just due to that. I want to talk about bang, bang plays at first, right? Now, if the bases are bigger, the first baseman is reaching a little further. It's going to take away infield singles. That's why I would have never made it in today's baseball. <laughs> you had to throw that in there. I love that. Your drag bunts wouldn't go as far. <laughs> But if baseball uh, was real life, like increase the size of menus, like you're increasing the size of bases. I can't read the Times Helica eight menu <laughs> when I go out to eat. So I just I get the special and I'm disappointed right. every time. <laughs> oh, um, I'm trying to think of like any relationary stuff in my life to bigger bags. I mean, I like the idea of player safety. I do like. You know, seeing guys rip in and they, you know, put the arm out and then bring it back and then subsequently touch it when they go back. I don't mind seeing action on the base pass. Yeah. I, w I wouldn't mind seeing Julio become a 40-40 guy. Oh, yeah. That'd be a lot of fun.
I don't mind I don't, more action. I don't think it's the size of the bases. I think it's because the bases are wet and people are slipping on it. How come we haven't developed waterproof bases? Because there's only one base manufacturer in the entire country. <laughs> they haven't sold out of their size 18 non-waterproof bases yet. Uh, that's probably that the sales case, rep is going to make it a precedent. Ooh, club. that going refresh around to, going around to every single club. Hey, this is your price. You that know they should hire that appliance guy who jipped me <laughs> and wouldn't decrease his price. No, I will not give you three for four. It's four for four. You got to pay for all your bases these days. And you know what? There's a base shortage because the Yankees are on line one paying a premium. You need some backup bases. <laughs> oh, all right. Baseball is coming back. Um, what else do you want to talk about? I want to talk about something we talked in the NBA. So this, the reason I bring this up is Dame had a 71-point game recently. Oh, yeah. Let's preface it that it was against the Rockets. The Rockets are a G League team. They are the, they are the A's. They are the A's of the NBA. At, yes, at best. So a lot of people discounted Dame seventy-one points. But if you watch the game, I mean, it wasn't like he he had spot up three after spot up three after spot up three. I mean, there he was. He was making shots. No, I don't believe any other NBA player could have made outside of maybe Steph. So yeah. I, I don't think that a discount to seventy-one points. Where I think we've talked about this is almost a carry-on from our previous. Pods, but we've talked about how Durant and Irving and a lot of these players are becoming so transient to chase NBA championships. So I got some data for you, K1. Why do you always got to get me going with this Durant talk? So he just, he just do, gets what me do, going. What do Steph Go Curry, Bradley Beal, Dame Lillard, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Giannis all have in, in common? So Beal hasn't won a championship, so that's not it. Um, wow, well, do I get bonus points if I guess something that's not on your little cheat sheet? They both, they all make at least twenty million a year. No, they've all played. For, <laughs> that's that will. That's also true. Um, They've all been with their a single franchise for 10 years or more. They're the only active players to be with the franchise for 10 years or more. Okay. And I got to thinking, so what does Lillard have in common with all those guys? Portland or bust. He's not leaving. Well, he's the only player in a single, single sport franchise city. So of the big four, he's, Lillard is the only one. Giannis has the Brewers. Clay and, and Steph have multitude. Uh, Beal has uh, Ovechkin's the the right owner of that city from a big four place. So I thought about Lillard and a legacy. Like Lillard's been the one guy to not chase a championship, but rather see the value in bringing his legacy to a particular town, which I appreciate. And I thought back. I go, is there another? So there's those that haven't met, made one championships that have stayed within a particular city, right? For Stockton Malone, Charles Barkley, you know, some of these guys that didn't win NBA championships yet are lauded in those cities. So my question is, would you rather be one of these six guys or would you rather be one of the guys that is chasing a championship incessantly? The Russell Westbrooks, the 
I can't I can't bring myself to say LeBron necessarily, but certainly he's championship a chaser. I'll say this. Yeah, he's a championship chaser. Like, who do you want to be, right? And for me, the the Durant's you know been more places than any, right? So do you want to be Durant or do you want to be Lillard? You know how I feel about Kevin Durant. So I want to be Lillard. I want to be that player who plays for that franchise and is that franchise and its legacy. I'm all about loyalty. And I want to be that guy. I'm old school. I'm a curmudgeon. I don't want to sit here and DM someone about coming to play with me or going to play with them or work out in the offseason with so-and-so. No, you're my rival. I, I live by the Jordan Kobe mantra, right? Like, Stephen Jackson said it. Like, Kobe is the only guy who will talk about, hey, how's your family? How's everything going? And then once the game starts, like, we'll look at you, and it will just murder you. Just take your soul. So I'm all about one franchise. And Charles Barkley, I don't know what side of the fence you put him in, but he went to the Suns. He tried to chase it. And then he yeah. went to the Rockets, too. That's fair. Uh, Stockton and Malone are probably the, the, the foundation of kind of legacy. And, and even though Malone went to, to the Lakers late in his, his career. Yeah. Dirk. Dirk is the guy. He spent 21 years with Dallas, one championship. And he's, they've erected a statue out there, right? That's loyalty. And I'm sure Dirk would tell you he probably had the best NBA experience he probably could have ever imagined, right? And I think that's just the difference of culture. Here's my take on your take. Out of all those players you mentioned, only – well, i got to be careful I say it. I'm going to have a take and a take. Only Steph will be the player who will stick with their team. Bradley Beal will go somewhere else. Draymond, they're not going to pay him. He's going to leave. Giannis, I think eventually will leave. I don't want to see Clay go, but – I feel like Clay will want to play forever, and then eventually he'll have to leave, and he'll probably go to Portland because he grew up in Portland. So Steph is the only player on that list that will stay on that list. Maybe it's a generational type thing, and that's the case, right? It's hard for anyone to stick and stay with a certain franchise. Feel like your value. Feel like you're, you know, getting everything's checking all the boxes. And you're right. I don't think the franchise is going to move away from Steph. Like he's under they'll they'll give him the keys to the city before they let him leave. So I do say I, a lot about these players moving, but the one thing I want to point out is the NBA's gotten younger. So as a result, the older you get, the teams are willing to part ways and move in a different direction. So I think that's another reason why some people have to leave if they want to play for like 16, 17, 18 years. But Durant is not the case. He's still in his prime. He's just a little like bitter, grumpy person. He's a curmudgeon. We should invite him on the Yeah, podcast. we should. Or at least jump on his and say, we need two more impressions <laughs> on your podcast. I just had to bring that up to put a bow on what we've been speaking about lately. And that's just the idea that, you know, it's hard to get to know a franchise or even a player nonetheless, right? When you go in and every year something's different. Like, you know, the continuity that I had growing up at the Sonics, knowing that Gary Payton and Sean Kemp were the catalyst along with that lip shrimp and so forth. 
that's what made the, the entire experience enjoyable is that you had players you could root for along with the team. Now it's like you don't know who to root for, you know, because people are coming in and out of the country so quickly. Yeah, you could grow up with the team and the players. You could buy that jersey and not have to Amex trade it out. Like you said. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Last segment. What do you got? Yeah, what do you want to get into? What did I have well, for you? Do you want to go back to baseball or do you want to finish on NBA? No, let's go back to baseball. Um, I haven't looked all that hard at pack or um, spring. Why are we not? Remember when we spent some time on the on the hills of the back fence during spring training? Um, we got that one guy to admit that Fleetwood Mac would be his place on. I mean, Phillips. there's something to be said about spring training just because you see so many things and the players are kind of in the realm of, of just living life out down there in Arizona for so long or for a month. Um, no, I wanted to bring up the idea that the AL West is going to be one of the better leagues before Kennedy makes me get off the podcast. He's, he's a little weird. But the idea here is that Texas is trying to become a super team. I mean, yeah. They're cutting checks that hopefully their butt can cash because they're not very good. Anyone can go watch football or something else in that state of Texas, to be honest. The Mariners, I think, are, aren't going to be much improved, but they're going to be improved. I think their um, plus wins per game or win projection is plus six based on last year. That puts them near 100 wins. And then you look at the Astros are the Astros. I mean, yeah. Carlos Gray is gone, but still, they're, it seems like all their pro- they hit on all their prospects which yeah. is nuts to me. And the A's are just the A's, right? But um, I think the AL West, kind of like the AL East and AL um, NL East have been in previous years, I could see that flopping back to the West Coast in these coming years with the investments that the pods have made. The Dodgers mm-hmm. are going to be the Dodgers. The Giants are going to find a way to get back about 500 and snip the playoffs this year. But you're the baseball guy. Tell me I'm wrong. I've been trying to get my bracket ready for March. <laughs> That's next episode. That's next episode. But I think the Dodgers and the Pods are two the two best teams, obviously, in the NL West and in all of baseball. The Padres payroll is, I think, third right now. Only the Yankees and Mets have a larger payroll than the Padres. They just extended Manny Machado 11 more years. I didn't know he had 11 more years in him to play. <laughs> I don't even know how old he is, but apparently 11 years at 350 million. So they've got Soho. They signed Xander Bogart. They picked up Matt Carpenter. They got you Darvish still. And Tatis, I believe he served 60 of his 80 games. So he's back April 1st, and they're going to play him as a platoon player or put him in the outfield. So top to bottom, the Padres have. Like Theo wants to go out. Padres have the best lineup in baseball. Dodgers, on the other hand, no Jason Turner, no Trey Turner, no Cody Bellinger. But they still have Betts. They still have Freddie Freeman. They still have Will Smith. The Dodgers will be in it. But Gavin Lux just got hurt this week. It's going to be a big blow because he was looking to take that next step and turn the franchise over from, you know, they went with, Who's the guy in Texas? Corey Seager. Then they went to Trey Turner. Gavin Lux was supposed to step up. I think the Dodgers would still be in it. Rockies are horrible. 
Diamondbacks are okay. Giants, their outfield's solid. Haniger, they got Yuskrimski, they got Jock Peterson, but everyone else, they rely too much on analytics. And two years ago it worked, last year it didn't. So maybe this is the year it works again for the Giants and they sneak their way into the playoffs. But I'm not very, very um, optimistic. That's why I have a podcast on today. <laughs> Ride with the winner. Uh, I think this year, I mean, this year more so than any, this, the Mariners have always been, okay, we can lose to the Strohs, but make it up elsewhere. You got to start beating the Strohs. Like, you, yeah. you, if you're going to impact anything and progress, it's, yeah, you got to go win. If you only won four last year, you got to go win five, six, seven, eight. The more they can do that, the more you could doubt. So when you walk into the playoffs, there's not this, oh, don't worry, we got this, right? Sweep, yeah. like what happened last year. And, um, I think we have the, the Mariners had the pitching depth to do it. There's live arms. It used to be Marco Gonzalez was our ace. And that guy throws 89. He's Jamie Moyer reinvented. 2.0. Yes. So I don't think uh, I don't think the Mariners trip up. I think they make the postseason again this year along with the Strohs. And it will just be – I think the Rangers storyline is interesting to follow. What just about my halos? Do Trout and Chitani get to the playoffs this year? I feel like they're the Brooklyn Nets of the of the MLB. Like they have two stars that just they can't find anyone else to play around them. Their pitching's been that. For every prospect that the Strohs have hit on, they're, the Angels have missed on their their, their pitchers. So um, it's gonna be a fun year. Let's talk about March Madness brackets next week. Let's tease that a little bit because I got K State going all the way. Wow! And I'll tell you. So- I'll tell you why. I'll, let's do this live. So I say we record next Thursday. We'll do a little March Madness. And then let's record Monday because they release the brackets on Sunday. Okay. And so we got to give the live look in to my St. Mary's Gales getting to the Sweet 16. Baylor, Houston. Who did I say? I said give me Baylor, Houston, St. Mary's, and San Diego State. I'll give you the field. Woof. I like that. I love I hope, that. I hope St. Mary's, Baylor, and San Diego State don't all up in, in, in the Western region or I'll be screwed. I think Zach Eady sets the record for most blocks in a single tournament and they, they potentially win. Like, wait, I wait, think wait. Is it okay to switch from K-State, or excuse me, from Kansas to K-State? Isn't that like switching from UW to Wazoo? I'm not. Uh, I told you. I'm going to tease it and tell you why on the next episode. All right. Should we wrap this up? Absolutely. Here's the Cougs playing in the Pac-12 tournament, soon to be Pac-10 tournament, soon to be maybe Pac-6 tournament coming up here. Maybe they make the uh, pullout in the files. Kennedy, you want to say goodbye to everyone? Come here. Bye, Kennedy. Oh, no, she's dancing. All right. Big Ben and K win. Thanks for listening. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, iTunes. Big Ben and K win. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, TikTok. TikTok. My daughter will never see us on TikTok. She will never be on TikTok. At Big Ben and K Wed. K Wed's got to get his appliances done. I got to well, get a little underscore at Big Ben K Wed. Little underscore, but like we're trending so much, just type in at Big Ben <laughs> and K Wed. It'll come right to us. <laughs> Enjoy your day. Boom. I will.
I gotta get, I gotta like call the guy back and ask for another salesman and get the washer because they actually did have the lowest price. <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs>